0: IRS penalty canceling offer. To do so, call 1-800-245-6000. That's 1-800-245-6000. Or visit TNUSA.com slash Just News. That's TNUSA.com slash Just News. Hello America, and welcome to a new edition of John Solomon Reports, the podcast from Just the News a Friday edition. Big news. Yesterday, we broke news on the show. We told you how House Impeachment Manager Eric Swalwell had misinterpreted and potentially doctored a piece of evidence that he had submitted at the impeachment trial. We brought uh, Jennifer Lawrence and her pastor Brian Gibson on to describe how the actual spelling of their words, the meaning of their words, the intention of their tweet had been completely. Had been completely uh, misinterpreted, and we showed how the tweet had been doctored. That a blue check mark had been inserted into the by the name of Jennifer Lawrence to make her account look like it was a certified influencer on Twitter, when in fact she's never been blue check certified, uh, blue check verified as they call it. Uh, well, that story resonated thanks to all of our great readers at Just the News, and just a short while ago in the well of the Senate. On the fourth day of impeachment, our story broke out in front of the jurors. That's right. Uh, one of the lawyers for President Trump, Mr. Schoen, David Schoen, cited that story, cited that Twitter mistake, cited the meaning, and call, suggested that House management, uh, Pro- House prosecutors had misled the Senate. He did so with great effect. Uh, that's what we do here at Just the News. I want you to hear exactly how that moment went. So, we're going to go to the tape, we're going to come back, but just listen to what happened. It shows the impact when
1: you just put real facts into the American public. Here we go. They didn't fix this one. Look at the blue check mark next to the Twitter username of the account retweeted by the president. It indicates that this is a verified account given the blue check by Twitter to indicate it is run by a public figure. The problem? The user's real account is not verified and has no blue check mark, as you can see. Were you trying to make her account seem more significant, or were you just sloppy? If we had due process of law in this case, we would know the truth. But that's not all that's wrong with this one tweet. House Manager Swalwell showed you this tweet this week, and he emphasized that this tweet reflected a call to arms. He told you repeatedly that this was a promise to call in the cavalry for January 6th. He expressly led you to believe that President Trump's supporter believed that the president wanted armed supporters at the January 6th speech, paramilitary groups, the cavalry, ready for physical combat. The problem is, the actual text is exactly the opposite. The tweeter promised to bring the Calvary, a public display of Christ's crucifixion, a central symbol of her Christian faith, with her, to the president's speech, a symbol of faith, love, and peace. They just never want to seem to read the text and believe what the text means. You'll see this reported in the media last evening also.
0: Well, there you go. That's what happens when people check their facts, when they take the time to talk to witnesses, people who are affected, You can learn the truth as opposed to what the perception of one's truth might be. Facts matter. Words matter. That was the lesson yesterday and again today. It matters again. It's an important uh, uh, lesson for all of us in the news media, in the public policy arena. Check your facts. Go to the accused. Go to people and try to get their side of the story. We did. We tried to go to Eric Swalwell. He wouldn't call back. But you can see the impact of just the news in one of the most important trials of the year, the impeachment trial. It is clear now that the trial is winding up and that we'll have a verdict by Monday, I'm sure, unless there's some unforeseen circumstances. So preparing for that verdict and realizing that we in America have to get back to the other business that we have coming back from the pandemic, reviving the economy, addressing the policy changes that are undergoing in Washington with a new president, President Joe Biden. Today, I have a very special guest. He's been on the show before. You guys enjoy listening to him. He represents mainstream America, Main Street America. What do I mean by that? He represents 30 million small businesses, which are the economic engine of Main Street America. His name is Alfredo Ortiz. He is the head of Job Creators Network, one of the new and influential small business groups in America. And we're going to talk the economy today. What's going on with job losses from the new environmental regulations? What's going on and what is feared to go on if the minimum wage occurs? What do we make of a Democratic senator from Arizona, Kristen Sinema, standing in the way of her party trying to enact a minimum wage increase at the federal level to $15? Big moments in our policy landscape affecting our economy, our GDP. And uh, no one better to be here than someone that represents 30 million businesses. 30 million businesses. That's Main Street America. That's Small Business America. Alfredo Ortiz is going to join us right after this commercial break. All right, folks, welcome back from the commercial break. And as promised, a very special guest, somebody on the heartbeat of Main Street America, Uh, Alfredo Ortiz, the head of Job Creators Network, joins us again. Alfredo, welcome back to the show.
2: Hey, John. Thank you for having me. Always great to be on your show, and I hope everything's going well with you.
0: We are. We are. So much going on in Washington. Where do you start? But I think we should start with the economy, because this impeachment trial is going to be over soon. And then the real work of rebuilding America's economy, dealing with the changes in the Biden policy that are affecting us, uh, is going to begin. And you guys did something. I I always love this. Obviously, often I wake up and I see a billboard and I go, oh, my God, that's a big deal. And then I find out it's Alfredo again. It's Job Creators Network. (laughs) Tell us about the big billboard that's getting attention across America this week.
2: Yeah, well, we have appropriately uh, labeled uh, President Biden job loss Joe. Uh, so we thought it would be a great uh, way to uh, draw a little bit of attention, put another one of our billboards up in Times Square and uh, take people to joblossjoe.com because if anybody really deserves that title, it is. I mean, if you can think about what he's done in just the past few weeks, tens of of—you know, thousands of jobs basically killed overnight. Uh, the Keystone Pipeline, for example, 11,000 great paying union jobs. I think it was a full 17,000 jobs overall. Um, and the list has continued, right? I mean, if you look at the potential losses with the Paris Accord with the minimum wage, with the canceling of the federal lease land programs, and we're talking almost 10 million jobs basically that he has on the chopping block. Um, and he has no answer on how he's going to fill those other than don't worry, those, those jobs are coming. Well, yeah, right. Tell that to the people who lost their jobs.
0: Yeah, that's it, right? That's no solace if you're one of those people that lost their job or about to lose their job. And uh, I was struck and, you know, I, the, the marketing slogan is great. I, I grew up a, a baseball fanatic, so shoeless Joe Jackson is a big scandalous figure in in baseball. And now we have jobless Joe Biden. Who knew we were going to have the, both of those guys? How about that? Um, but Bob... <laughs> Behind that slogan is a story of real pain in America. And it became apparent to me how real this was. when Rich Trumpka, the head of the AFL-CIO, one of the most important labor affiliates in, in, in America, which spent tens of millions of dollars getting Democrats elected in the last few elections, including Joe Biden. We're not even in the 30-day honeymoon period yet, finishing up for Joe Biden. And the AFL-CIO is disaffected and really concerned that they uh, cut these jobs in joe manchin the west virginia democratic senator he asked joe biden to reconsider this cuts not just you know against everyday americans this actually shot at one of the big constituencies in the democratic party big labor how could joe biden do that what, what's he thinking and what are the potential long-term ramifications of that
2: well john i think i think he's going to be in trouble uh, it was very clear from trump's words um that, that he expects uh, Joe Biden to reverse this. And I think uh, Manchin kind of basically supports that position as well. But I have to tell you, John, if if uh, Trump didn't like this move, wait till he sees what happens when uh, he follows through on Bernie Sanders' grand plan of Medicare for All, which is, you know, going to strip and cancel out basically 160 million private insurance plans out there of hardworking Americans. And that includes these wonderful union workers with these incredible Health insurance plans that they negotiate for in the union; those go away, and they become part of the Medicare for all as well. Yeah, I don't that, think Trump and the union members are going to like that at all.
0: That's the that's the potential next shoe to fall, and it's it's really interesting to watch the Democratic responses because the response has been, "Okay, uh, these are good union-paying jobs in the energy sector we just killed, but you know what? You'll get a job building solar panels at a factory." But the truth of the matter is, most clean energy companies aren't unionized right now, right?
2: Yeah, that's right, and and, and quite frankly, a lot of them are still. In China. Um, Great let's point. To be quite honest. So, you know, uh, uh, unless, unless these folks who are living in, you know, in, in North Dakota or South Dakota or, you know, or, or any of those states where the pipeline was running, I mean, unless they're willing to you know, move to maybe a California or out to China, I, I don't see that as being any solace, again, to any of these folks who literally overnight lost their jobs. <laughs> these are real people, real stories. Um, and, and, and it, and it's not only did the, the people that directly lost their jobs, think about all the, the downstream jobs That's right. that were impacted. I mean, you can estimate three to four jobs for every job lost. So this could be potentially, uh, uh, an action that impacts almost 50,000 hardworking Americans across the country.
0: It's, um, <clears throat> been pretty amazing to me to watch, um, the world looking at us saying what's going on in America. You had the German chancellor and the Mexican president (laughs) both uh, preaching to us about loss of free speech in America. That's a red flag when Germany and um, Mexico are worried that we're losing free speech in America. And then you had the Canadian prime minister, minister, by the way, a big climate change advocate suing to try to stop Joe Biden from canceling this project. If those countries see what's going wrong, why can't the Democrats and uh, Joe Biden in this country realize what's about to happen? The world doesn't even like what's happening in America right now.
2: Yeah, it's it's unbelievable. Like I've told several friends and colleagues of mine, you know things are bad, John, when the Canadians are suing us. I mean, that's <laughs> yeah. really not a good thing. Those are right? our friendly Especially neighbors to the north. Climate. I mean, <laughs> this is just not a good thing, and it's just really unbelievable. I mean, you're absolutely right. The president of Mexico is basically saying about... Uh, basically, the, uh, Joe Biden's immigration policy that he basically announced an open door policy to the U.S., and these migrants are coming through thinking, Hey, we've got an open path to enter the U.S. now with Joe Biden. Um, and, and to your point, of uh, the <laughs> Chancellor of Germany, very concerned about free speech and speaking out on our behalf. I mean, it's this remarkable. is just ridiculous. And, and it, and it seems like, you know, Biden is really just, and he just moved basements, as far as I'm concerned, John. At this point, right <laughs> from operating from his basement, you know, out of his home, new bonkers, same the, show. the White House. I mean, yeah, same same thing. And yeah. uh, you know, we need action. I mean, look what's happening with with the whole the whole school closing. Still, John. I mean, right. uh, I, I think it was pathetic that you know his his press secretary announced that what he meant to say when he said the majority of the schools would be open, he meant to say that it was just w- at least one day of in session. 50 percent or more right yeah. i mean we're already at 66 percent that qualify for that wow that's a really tough goal that's basically like me saying hey john you know what i'm gonna do i'm gonna put a man on the moon
0: yeah yes
2: like, we're gonna uh, make history yeah we've already <laughs> yeah we, we are we, that's uh, we're that's good you know <clears throat> there's no leadership coming out there's no true leadership other than just appeasing the left and it's the complete progressive wing of the left which is even worse
0: yeah, it's and you know it's funny the mainstream media which was very protective of Biden during the election even they're starting to scratch their heads There's been a lot of press pushback on jen uh saki uh, the white house press secretary <clears throat> trying to say well you're you're dancing on the head of a pen and you know well, here's the thing if you're a parent and you hear schools reopening that means you have your kids back in school five days a week you can get back to work if you guys still take four of the five days off of work or get daycare for them because uh, your job's yeah. at risk if not yeah it doesn't mean much that it's open one day a week it's it's really fascinating to see the disconnect uh, between Democrats' rhetoric and the real-life concerns of Americans. It's like they don't understand what real Americans are going through every day.
2: Yeah, it, it really is amazing, and, and especially when it comes to small businesses, John. I mean, what I'm seeing, you know, literally an attack on small businesses. is unbelievable. Um, you know, especially with, you know, that COVID release, bill with a $15 right. uh, minimum wage. And even though Bernie Sanders is trying to, you know, convince people and, and, and have the media help them do that by saying, don't worry, this is a phasing approach. It right. doesn't hit that till you know, five years down the road. But John, June of 2021, this year, we're talking four months away, basically, if, if, if that, uh, the, the, the jump goes up to 950 an hour from the 725. dollars 25 That's Do the 2 quick bucks math, an hour. That's, that's what, 31%, 31%. That's a 31% increase, increase. increase. in cost. Oh, like in, in a matter of months. How does a small yeah. business owner manage that literally in a matter of months when you, you're still in the middle of, of trying to get out of the pandemic, when you're still trying to figure out how you're going to pay your bills, now you've got a 31% labor increase. And look, what's going to happen, we're, they're just going to find automation to really, quite frankly, replace these entry-level entry positions. So, yeah. so now the very people that they claim to be helping, they're going to be hurting. The youth, the, you, know, the, the, you know, that is primarily in these jobs, right? right. The training jobs. Young people, yep. And quite frankly, those with, with less education. I mean, these are the people that are being hurt. And rather than actually trying to change their lives by maybe giving them some skills to be able to actually maybe get out of these minimum uh, you know, wage jobs, right? All they're doing is just prolonging their agony.
0: Right. Yeah, no, listen, and uh, there's hard facts. This isn't just you and I, uh, you know, making a supposition. CBO, Nonpartisan Budget Office of Congress, uh, came out and said, what, 1.4 million jobs gone, poof, if you do this minimum wage thing. This is after we already lost tens of millions.
2: Yeah, yeah, it's actually, uh, if you read the fine print, they actually say up to 2.7 million. Right, right. Uh, Yeah, The 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 best case scenario is 1.4.
0: Yeah. Right. right
2: exactly. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. So look, I mean, we we know what's going to happen. Like I said, when you include automation, these these job losses are going to get much worse. I mean, I'm not sure if 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 you're McDonald's and if you go to the McDonald's in Virginia, but every single one that I've been to in in the DC area has now replaced cashiers with with automated kiosks in terms yep. of the ordering. They now only have two uh, uh, you know hourly uh, workers that are basically handing out the food. That's down from six seven cashiers. Yeah. So, I was in a. You know, all these entry level jobs are going to go away.
0: Yeah, I was in a supermarket yesterday. There was one open cashier of a human and five scan yourselves. And, you know, the, five years ago, it would have been reversed the other way. Um, uh, business can't absorb a 31% increase. We can't absorb. You know, everyday Americans, we balance our budget, unlike Congress, <laughs> the federal budget. Yeah. And, you know, we know we can't take a 31% hit, yet these guys in Congress completely disconnected, think, oh, 31%, is that, that's tolerable. You should be able to be glad that we didn't do 100%. 31% in- increase knocks your budget, and we can't borrow money like the U.S. government. It's it's um, It's really remarkable <laughs> to me.
2: Yeah, that's absolutely right. And you know, and going back to the CBO report, the Congressional Budget Office report, you know, folks have said, yeah, but but Mr. Ortiz, you know, it's n- 900,000 plus people are going to be pulled out of poverty because right. of this. I'm like, so you know, what my answer to them is, yeah, you know what else pulls people out of poverty? Economic prosperity. Yeah. Between 2017 and 2019, yeah. there because of the actions of President Trump, right? You had 6.6 million people. Pulled out of poverty seven times as many as what's going to be expected from this minimum wage thing. So if you really want to make a difference and you really want to get people out of poverty, the answer is very clear. It's not federally mandated minimum wages, right? It's getting economic prosperity. It's getting our society to to open up again, our economy to open up again, and to get the, you know the, the the ball rolling when it comes to you know uh, business flourishing again, which was quite frankly pre pre uh, pre COVID.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. And that figure that you pull from the US Census Bureau is so important. No president in American history, not those who were in for eight years, achieved that greater reduction in poverty uh, other than Donald Trump. And, it, and and he did it not by you know creating more safety nets, not by creating more welfare, not by raising the minimum wage, but by crea- creating bigger jobs. And it, go, it reminds me, I think I've mentioned this to you in past shows, but <clears throat> I was out in Wisconsin last summer and uh, got into a coffee shop. Someone recognized me, started talking, and uh the person said you know i i I know democrats say they care for us but they keep telling me the best i'm ever going to do is a minimum wage or a welfare check and i want to get up the economic ladder i want someone that says you can be a middle class or a millionaire someday why don't democrats uh, give me that opportunity and stop worrying about whether i can barely make minimum wage or welfare that that the division uh, or the vision of the two parties becomes so clear now what do conservatives pro-business free market open market advocates do to draw a distinction between the two visions of America over the next 18 months before the next election?
2: No, I think it's a great question. I mean, first of all, you know, this idea that, you know, rising tide lifts all boats, we got to keep reminding folks of this, right? Because it it, it isn't just a a nice slogan or a tagline, it's reality, it's true. We saw it happen during the Trump administration, right? We saw that happen, like I said, seven more times people were pulled out of poverty. So Bernie Sanders was really interested, and helping people pull out of poverty, he'd be figuring out ways of opening up the economy, getting the schools back open, and mm-hmm. rolling up the sleeves and doing that, not focus on the minimum wage piece. But I think we gotta remind the American public that we really do actually focus on the everyday American, the main street America, and that that's where it really matters, right? I mean, I have to tell you, John, I really fundamentally starting to believe after eight years of working at job creators and network and doing this job that I'm doing, that Democrats just do not care about small business. And I'm gonna make that statement very clearly and freely at this point, because the actions that I see of them, and they may say they're friends of small business, they're not. Mm -hmm. And I believe the reason is because they don't, they can't corral them, they can't control them, right? They want big tech, they want big pharma, right? They want big banks, right? They love that, they want big tech because they can control them, they can corral them, and quite frankly, they can get in bed with them, right? They can't do that with 30 million independent-minded thinking independently mind thinking small businesses out there, right? They just can't do that. So quite frankly, I don't think they mind if small businesses go away because they're perfectly fine with that. The bigger, the better.
0: Well, they're doing a good job eroding their base. If you get rid of union job workers and, and you get rid of small businesses, what do you have left in the economic sphere to rally behind your your agenda? I, uh, my my dry cleaner is a very witty person and, and, um, and uh, said to me not that long ago, you know, we talk about small businesses and we talk about how uh, we care, showing up at my Rotary Club meeting is not making my life better. Creating an environment where I can expand my business and, and not do it at, uh, by having to fire workers, that's a much better way for Congress to serve me. I don't care if you show up at my Rotary Club and give a speech, I want you to make my opportunity to succeed better. And I think that disconnect that right. we pay lip service but then the, then we come back and do something different is starting to set into the real business community uh, when they look All at, right. at uh, the, their members of Congress. You had a press release out today, very important one, I thought, uh, focusing in on the decision by Kristen Cinema to oppose the minimum wage. And what do you think's going on there? And could you see more Democrats? Who uh, there are still some Democrats have a sensitivity to small uh, business and, and Main Street America. Do you think more can be peeled off when when they start to think uh, or look at what Kristen just said?
2: Well, you know, I mean, it's nice to know that between her and Manchin, there are at least two sensible Democrats out there, senators that we can count on or at least maybe not necessarily count on, but show some level of, of reasonable understanding of the right. way the economy works. And quite frankly, what's going to hurt and what's going to benefit the economy. Um, and they were willing to part, you know, part ranks. I am sure right now that there's an army of, uh, of lobbyists, you know, flying out to Arizona and, and to West Virginia to, to make sure that uh, uh, those minds are changed. I, and I do hope that they, they stick to their guns and we should actually provide them as much support as we need to, because, you know, quite frankly, we do need that kind of level headed uh, thinking. Um, I love the fact that uh, this is why I love America, that there are differences of opinion and that's why, you know, that's that's fantastic. Yeah. But when it comes to these kinds of things, it's very clear, the numbers are so clear of that of, of the detrimental action that this will have on our small business community, which is the, as you know, John, and we've been talking about this for years now, the backbone of our community, the backbone of our country pre COVID, two thirds of new job growth was in the hands of small businesses, right? Thirty million small businesses, in a point sixty million people. I mean, this is you know the most important sector that that we need to defend, and they just don't do anything. So it's great to see that you know we at least have two. There's probably two more out there. I I, I won't name names now because I haven't seen them move on this on this issue. I've really only seen uh, uh, Cinema and, and Mansion. Um, you know, and thank goodness. I mean, again, Mansion. You know, out in West Virginia seems to really be you know holding. Uh, true to his statement here about uh not being supportive of the of the fifteen dollar minimum wage, um which again would decimate I think his his state quite frankly that happened. So sure. um, there's so many small um, business owners but, in
0: West Virginia. I drive through it often and it's it's you know it's not a big box uh, state. It's a it's a small business state for sure.
2: Yeah no absolutely and John if I could take just a just a minute or two to circle back to one thing that you mentioned. You you, you brought that somebody came up to you and said you know, I don't want to be paid $15 minimum wage or a minimum wage, right? Like, I want to get out of this, right? right. Like, help me get out of this. That's what I don't understand about the Democrats, right? Why are they so busy, right, working on trying to raise floors when we should be working hard to raise ceilings, right? We have a program, and we currently have it. It's called the Fight for $50,000 $50, per year job, right? right, which is really through skill sets, right, and skill training. Because, look, at the end of the day, and this is the reality we need to remind folks, if you move somebody from $7 to $9, let's say, all right, great. So you got them an extra $2 an hour. But if they were flipping burgers at $7 an hour, now they're flipping burgers at $9 an hour, guess what? They're still flipping a burger. You're not changing their lives fundamentally. So I don't understand why we can't just lock arms, find the people that are interested in trying to change their lives and getting out of these jobs, right? Somehow society passed them up or, or left them behind out of no fault of their own right, that they want to make a change like this person uh, I mentioned to you, let's give them that opportunity, right? Let's just not pr- continue to prolong their agony of being in these jobs. Let's pull them out of here. Let's do something maybe similar to what Germany has done with their you know private-public uh, partnerships. Right, let's give apprenticeships, right, skills training, and let's get them into these jobs that are out there, $50 thousand dollars of journeymen, uh, electricians, HVAC technicians. I mean, these are great paying jobs, right? With not everybody you know, uh, uh, wants to go to higher education, right, also. So let's make sure they don't graduate with lots of debt. But let's make sure that we get vocational training back in our high schools and we get people the skills that they need to be able to have these better jobs, right, not to be, you know, not federally mandated wages. So I just wanted to make that point because when you brought that up, it hit me and I go, I just don't understand. And it gets me so frustrated no, you're, every time. You're,
0: you're on that. the forefront of this too. I mean, the 50 program, the fifty-fifty program is exactly – what uh we need i mean people like mike rowe and and uh bernie marcus and other people who understand the economy have lived the lives of blue collar and celebrated the blue collar trades and the, uh realize that we've come this we have this elitist view of america you either get a college education millionaire or you're on welfare and the fact of the matter is the blue trades are coming back there are more manufacturing jobs than ever before and they're good paying jobs plumbers electricians and and computer repairmen and in the uh we don't ever have a conversation about them it seems as though the republican party has an enormous opportunity to step in and try to make a different deal with uh, organized labor and maybe focus on uh, uh, job training and job partnerships public private partnerships do you think that's on the horizon do you think the republicans reach out to unions and say listen you made a bad bet we're going to forgive you for that we want to make a new bet for you for tomorrow is that door open you think
2: Can i, I- I think not only is that the right thing to do, I think it's the only thing that we should be focused on right now. I mean, that is, that is the future, I think, of our party. That is where we started. I mean, you know, think about the Reagan revolution. I mean, he understood that all too well. Um, and frankly, President Trump understood that as well. Right. I mean, th- this, th- this, is why he was, you know, uh, as popular as he was with, with, you know, everyday work in America. Um, you know, the elitists are the ones that really hated him. I mean, when you really think about it, yeah, there's a real disconnect. Um, yeah, it's interesting. The, you know, the, the coastal elites. But but yeah, no, I think I think we need to do that as a party. We need to reach out. I, I, I think we probably will find that um, we, we have more things in common with some of these unions that, than we realize or, or think, um, especially when it comes to these elements in, in, in regards to labor, right? I mean, um, I, I think it's a really smart idea, and, and I hope more folks uh, start thinking that way.
0: Yeah, I, I think it's a, essential. In fact, I want to continue this conversation in the not-so-distant future. I, I say we get a, a, a great union leader and you on on a joint uh, podcast. Yeah, sometime, I'll make this a, a project for next month. I'd love to get a union leader and you talking because there's so much common ground in the interests of small business and in the, in the blue-collar worker uh, and so much disconnect from their needs and what Official Washington's always talking about. I think that could be a whole new podcast. What do you think?
2: Oh, I love the idea, John. Let's do it
0: all right Alfreda, we love having you on the show you give us a straight lowdown on on what's really going on in main street america which is the engine of america and it's in the economy so let's get you back on soon i want to thank you and uh wish you a great weekend
2: great thanks to you too john
0: god bless all right talk soon all right folks we're gonna come right. back right after this uh wrap things up for the day but first let's go to a quick commercial break Statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease, and it's not a substitute or alternative for care from a health care provider. All right, folks, welcome back from the commercial break. What a great interview with Alfredo Ortiz. He always brings something about the economy that helps us make sense of it all. We're in such an amazing time. You know, people say it's perilous, but I think really the economy is ready to come roaring back. People want to travel again. They want to open their businesses again. I want to create new products and uh, conquering this pandemic, not uh, taking actions that threaten inflation or job loss is seems like a prudent thing. We're even hearing many Democrats and Republicans talking that way. Even Janet Yellen, the Treasury Secretary, raised some concern if we spend too much on the the latest COVID package that we might tip into a period of inflation. That wouldn't be good for the economy. So uh, important perspectives from uh, Alfredo Ortiz, who for the last eight years has built Job Creators Network with his great team there. I think we had Elaine Parker on. Really great group of people uh, making a difference in the world, uh, trying to represent mainstream America. When you think of 30 million businesses they represent, that's a big swath of America. 30 million businesses, probably uh, somewhere in the uh, vicinity of uh, 60 to 100 million jobs in those small businesses. Uh, that's, um, That's a big swath of America. And so it's great to have someone at his perch. Uh, helping us make sense of the world. In addition, I hope you enjoyed our reporting this week. I want to tell you about one thing that we're doing at Just the News, and it's only because so many of you have reached out in messages and web messages, email, Twitter messages to me. People say two things. Uh, I would love an ad-free experience at uh, Just the News so I can just focus on the news, not the ads, not the autoplay videos. And I want to do something to support what you do, like the type of story yesterday that we broke on this show and on Just the News that had an impact today at the Senate impeachment trial or the declassification of the Russia documents we worked on or the exposing of the Hunter Biden-Ukraine scandal, all things that have happened on this show and on our uh, Just uh, the News platform. So we started something a few weeks ago called the Just the News VIP Club because we want to treat our readers as VIPs. And here's what it is. For just $4.99 a month or $44 uh, ninety nine a year, so forty five bucks, five bucks. You can join the club, and you'll uh, we'll take all the ads and autoplay videos off our site. You'll just get straight uh, news content from us on the website, and uh, we will have a once a month event hosted by me or one of our other great talents at Just the News, or we bring a newsmaker in or we just talk to you about news. Now this month is going to occur in a couple of weeks, and it's going to be me presenting some of the most important declassified documents that Just the News has been able to put into the public domain. Uh, We led the charge on this. We convinced President Trump to do the declassification. We've been writing about that. And I got a hint, big one, Monday. I got here's a tip for you. It's going to happen. Monday on this show, Monday on Just the News, I'm going to unveil a new declassified document. This one, not from President Trump's tranche, but from a lawsuit that our good friends at the Southeastern Legal Foundation succeeded at winning. And we're going to bring a new big document, hint, hint, it's about James Comey and James Clapper. Remember those two names? Former FBI director, former director of intelligence. We're going to give you some real news on this show. But at the end of the month, if you join the VIP club, you'll get a chance to come on with me. And we'll sit for an hour, two hours, whatever it takes, go through some of the most important jaw-dropping documents that uh, change forever. America's understanding about the Russia collusion delusion, the false story of Trump colluding with Russia. Uh, we'll tell you how we knocked it down, what are the most memorable documents. Uh, and if you like that, uh, we'll take some of your questions as well. And I'll make myself available. We'll sit around on a really cool conference bridge that we have, and you can come in and ask questions, and we'll talk about it, and we'll have a great conversation. How do you get in on that? How do you make something like that happen? Well, I'm going to tell you. You go to justthenews.com slash subscribe. You fill out the form. Pick the $5 a month or $44.99 a, month, a year option, and uh, we'll get you in. You'll get a login for the website. You'll be one of the first people to get our new app when our new iPhone and Google phone apps come out, uh, and you'll be part of a club. It won't just be a subscription, just not just another subscription, another newspaper subscription. We want you to be part of our team, and I'll have 100% of that money that you're giving to us is going to go to support more investigative journalism, more transparency, more dig sections. You know, you know what the dig in is where you get our documents. I, if you want to do something, and I'm only saying this because in an advertisement, it's because people have been asking, what can we do to support just the news? And you know, we don't like ads. Is there an ad free version of this? Well, the answer is yes. And yes, it's the just the news VIP club. It's a little subscription club an ad free experience on the website and a chance once a month to join with me and other great Just the News personalities and talk about the news. Maybe bring in a newsmaker from time to time. We had Ted Cruz in last month's event. That was very cool. We had Newt Gingrich in one of our events recently. Uh, we'll connect you with big newsmakers. You'll get to watch a VIP experience. We'll talk. We'll share documents. We, we can do polls. We can do fun things. It's the interactive environment that we created for these event uh, are fun. We can send you documents and reading materials. We can take a poll. We can even take a group selfie. I'm not making this up. We'll take a group selfie. So, end of this month, we're going to have the next uh, Just the News VIP Club exclusive event. You're invited if you join the VIP Club. Not that expensive, less than a decent hamburger per month in cost. Uh, you get a discount if you uh, buy the annual subscription. Uh, but many of you have asked, and I just wanted to present that to you one time on the show one way you can support Just the News, get involved in these events, get an ad-free experience on our website. If you want to take advantage of it, it's real easy. Justthenews.com slash subscribe. One more time, justthenews.com slash subscribe. All right, enough with me. It's time for you to get started on your weekend. May God bless you. May God bless this great country as he always has. Have a blessed weekend. Stay warm. It's supposed to be cold this weekend. We'll be back next uh, week with some new news at all. well. Heat up your computers, heat up your phones, heat up your iPods. Uh, Thanks for listening. God bless you. We'll be back next week. At Just the News, we break the stories others in the media ignore or are too afraid to tell. We did it on Russia Collusion. Hunter Biden and the security and intelligence failures that preceded January 6th. Our stories have real impact and reach because we stick to the facts. I'm John Solomon. You can help me expand our honest, unvarnished, in unbiased reporting by becoming a premium member at Just the News. You'll get an ad-free experience and exclusive member-only access to events and you'll be helping us dig up more truth. Join today at justthenews.com slash subscribe.
3: Hey there, it's Amanda Head and I am thrilled to introduce to you my new exciting podcast, Furthermore with Amanda Head, broadcasting weekly from sunny Los Angeles, California and brought to you by the dynamic Just the News Podcast Network. On this fresh and engaging podcast, I delve into the latest news with a little bit of a twist, exploring the furthermore of every story. But this isn't your typical run-of-the-mill news commentary or politically charged program. I interview a diverse range of guests, including business leaders, entertainers, musicians, educators experts politicians and many influential figures from both the united states and around the world so why not make your mondays wednesdays and fridays a little more interesting tune in on your preferred podcast platform and discover furthermore with amanda head on apple podcasts spotify or wherever you listen to your favorite shows and don't forget to hit that follow or subscribe button and be sure to download the latest episodes i can't wait to have you join me on this exciting journey